This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Guy uh, apparently was a serial cheater, Jim, mm-hmm. in Arizona. And think about the emotion of this moment. Okay, so a lady's helping her one of her best friends deliver her baby, which is a very personal, emotional thing. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. Yeah, like if you were pregnant, Jim, you are pushing a baby out and I was there to catch the baby, like that would be... Something that would bring us closer together, you would think. What a bond. Yeah. Until you notice that the baby that your best friend is pushing out has a distinctive birthmark (laughs) exactly the same as your husband's Hmm. distinctive birthmark. Sketchy. 28-year-old woman says she knew her ex-husband was a serial cheater, but didn't know that he had hooked up with her best friend, realized it when the the baby that she was helping deliver had the same hereditary birthmark on it as her husband did. I didn't know birthmarks worked that way. Like, I've heard if you have a third nipple, your baby could have a third nipple. Like, that's genetic, like, certain things. But I didn't uh-huh. know, like, a just... A, I wonder what the birthmark was. Like, if there is a certain type. You know, like, there's, like, a discoloration birthmark that a lot of people have. Like, yeah. I, I just I just didn't know you, people would have identical birthmarks genetically. Well, how do you, how do you know the baby's the chosen one or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've you got the movies? Stonecutters logo on the, you know, s- s- symbol right. on your thigh. He's like, he's the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. He's got the birthmark of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes, yes, and on the winter solstice, the sun will line up with it and hit it perfectly. <laughs> Um, she was a little, uh, well, this is her quote. There was no words. I just knew I was in shock. I couldn't even process what had just happened. Hmm. It was almost like immediately a stage of grief began. I'd I'd put the baby right back in. I'd say, I can't believe I helped you with this. (laughs) Tragically hip Bob Cajun, of course, the hip Kingston, Ontario natives. Pals with Ghostbuster Dan Aykroyd. And when Aykroyd was on The Tonight Show earlier in the week, he gave Kingston a shout-out. Dan, can you, can you talk about Ghostbusters, uh, where the idea came from? Well, you know, my great-grandfather Sam was a dentist up there in Kingston, Ontario. So uh, sometimes with not much to do in the winter, he began to research spiritualism in the 1920s. And he was really into the concept of uh, the idea of mediumship, that the consciousness survives after death. Not only the soul, but the consciousness survives after death. So he had all these journals sitting around the house, and I was sitting in the the old seance room one one afternoon in the summer, and I was reading some (laughs) of the journals that he was writing, and I just thought, wow, um, you know, would it be good to do an old-style Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, Abbott and Costello, Bowery Boys style comedy like they used to do in the 30s. Ghost Breakers and Ghost Chasers. And that's where the idea came from. I love Dan Aykroyd. I've spoken with him many times. I I did a show in Kingston uh, for years and he would come on the air with us and he was always very generous with his time. Great guy. But boy, does he believe in this stuff. Like it is not an act. No, I like how he says, oh, the old seance room at Grandpa's place. Yes, like, everybody. You remember when Grandma would bake up the cookies? She'd gather everybody in the seance room and draw a pentagram on the ground, and we'd all, you we'd know, all summon chant. the devil. Yeah, we'd all <laughs> chant together, holding hands with our robes on. Oh, I miss those days. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife in theaters today, officially, finally. Unfortunately... 
and I don't know, take it with a grain of salt because you know the critics, the score on Rotten Tomatoes for this new Ghostbusters movie currently worse than the Ghostbusters all-female reboot that everyone crapped on mm-hmm. that came out a couple years back. Yeah, the Lady Ghostbusters, 74% from the critics. This one is around 60% from the critics. However, the audience score for the Lady Ghostbusters was 47%. Okay, and so do we have an critics, audience score yet for, yet for this one? So new. It comes out today. They are saying that it caters a lot to fans of the original Ghostbusters, and I think that, that, that's who's excited to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the kids are going to like it because it's a bunch of kids fighting ghosts. Yeah, I'm reading some reviews, and it, you know, there's a lot of fan service, but almost to the point of pandering. Some are claiming, but okay, who knows? I'm going to go see it. Yeah, why not? I ain't afraid. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife is out today. Judge for yourself. Mm -hmm. A Hamilton teen has been arrested. Yes, a teenager has been arrested for stealing uh, $46 million worth of Bitcoin, basically. This is uh, is something out of a movie here. This is crazy. I guess it's there's some sort of SIM card swap attack is what they call it. And I don't know the details. I'm not a hacker. But somehow he got access to somebody's phone and was able to transfer money from here to there. Apparently he was able to transfer somewhere around $7 million, But he's part of an operation that's like $40 million plus cryptocurrency dollars that has somehow been heisted from people. They busted him. I love this because he's a teenager, right? Yeah. The way they busted him is uh, U.S. investigators found that some of the stolen cryptocurrency was used to buy a rare gaming username online. (laughs) You've got $46 million of, like, you know... Heat score yeah, well, money. Well, he he apparently had seven million. Still, so you got right. millions of dollars. But that's you're a teenager, and that's <laughs> what you're going to spend the money on. Like, yeah, that's just so so typical. Yeah, he, he was busted when he used the cryptocurrency to buy some Mountain Dew and Doritos <laughs> at the Seven Eleven. When he tried to buy a six pack of beer yeah, illegally at no the ID. beer store. <laughs> I don't know, man. If my teenage kid got busted for stealing $7 million worth of cryptocurrency, I'd kind of be proud of the guy. It is. It's like one of those things where if somebody breaks in or like hacks into a website, they give that guy a job because it's so Catch impressive. Catch me if you can. Sure, sure. But, you know, I would sit my son down and I would make him listen to Kenny Rogers, uh, the gambler. Like, you got to know when to hold him, when to fold him. Walk away, win a run. You think he got greedy? Yeah, once you get a million, like... But I I don't think it's the amount that got this guy caught. It's the fact that when you spend this stuff, you can trace it. Is that that what I'm understanding? Because if he didn't buy that rare gaming username online... Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't have got caught from the sounds of things. This was a joint operation between the FBI... Uh, the United States Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force and Hamilton Police. Mm-hmm. Like they got him because he he spent the money, not because he stole it. True, true. I wonder if they would have found it either way. But uh, yeah, they 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 were able to bear down on him after that purchase. I wonder what the username was. Like it better have been amazing. Guaranteed, it had at least one sixty nine in it. <laughs> You just know it. A million dollars sold. <laughs> Long Dong 69. I mean. Finally, I got my <laughs> username for, for uh, Call of Duty. I've always wanted this one. Can't blame them.
<laughs> but this is the this is the great thing here. The Hamilton teen is charged with theft over five thousand dollars. Is there not like another over dollar amount you yeah. can charge a guy with? You can steal Grand larceny. You can steal seven million dollars, <laughs> and you're still only getting charged with theft over five thousand. Maybe they think the crypto bubble is going to burst, and that Bitcoin will eventually only be worth that much. Hamilton teen in trouble. His parents. If you're his parents, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> you kind of proud of the kid? I think I might be. I love lawyer commercials, especially on American television. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll go all out. They got some good, uh, some good lawyer commercials down there. I'm gonna play one for you right now. Now listen carefully, because uh, I got to tell you what happened to this lawyer. But first, this is a commercial for Pittsburgh defense attorney Daniel Musig. Consequences. They sure suck, don't they? America was built on freedom, not on a bunch of people with more money than you telling you what you can and can't do with all their stupid laws. My name is Daniel Music, and I stand ready, willing, able, and committed to defend you on all manner of criminal charges, including murder, simple and aggravated assault, and possibly even funny throwback crimes such as moonshine. I may have a law degree, but I think like a criminal. Wow, that's better call Saul style right there. I may have a law degree, but I think like a criminal. He sure does because former Pittsburgh defense Uh-oh. lawyer Daniel Musig has been arrested for dealing drugs. Oh, you are what you think. He uh, was charged with helping to distribute and sell 200 to 900 pounds of marijuana. I mean, come on. They caught him with around $400,000 in drug money. He's taken a deal and pled guilty to the crime. He'll be sentenced in March for... uh, for his his crimes, at least five years in prison is what he's looking at. He's also a felon, so he won't be practicing law anymore. I mean, that's a lot of marijuana, but it's, I mean, it's legal in Canada. I, I thought know. it was going to be fentanyl or something terrible. And it's funny because he says an old-timey, an old-timey law like moonshining. moonshining. In 20 years, these marijuana laws will be as old-timey as the moonshining laws. Yeah, I know he loves America and he's got the eagles uh, making noises in his commercials. Maybe he should have thought about practicing law in Canada. <laughs> what still, you're still not allowed to sell uh, that much marijuana. Listen, I get it. You should be paying taxes on it. Yeah, you should be he paying opened, your T4. He could know, have whatever. opened a dispensary, though, if he wanted to. Certainly, but I mean, I, w- I was thinking it was going to be <laughs> heroin or something. I think like a criminal. Yeah, you thought it was going to be that blue crystal meth. It totally is like a better <laughs> call Saul situation. I think like a criminal, and here's the proof. I want to see a peacock, cock, cock, you peacock, cock. Sports you time, peacock, Taz and Jim, joined by Devin Peacock, our sports guy from Global News Radio. Dev, you want to fire the coach of the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, and this is nothing against uh, Travis Green specifically. It's just the Vancouver Canucks have been one of the major disappointments this season. And firing the coach is the, the easiest thing you can do to try and wake up a team. I think the issues with Vancouver go beyond the coach. But when I hear players talk about how guys aren't doing their job, Uh, When you have leads and you let them slip away, 
when they're a bit unfocused, that to me speaks to preparation issues. It speaks to the players not really picking up what the coach is putting out there. So I think it's be it's more than just the coach, but the coach is the first step that you need to take here. How bad are the Canucks doing? I know they lost last night. Well, they are on the season uh, five, ten, and two. They are seventh in the Pacific. Last season. They really kind of bottomed out in the COVID season. This year, they really added some pieces. They spent some money. They were supposed to be much better this year. In their mind, they were going for it. And right now, they're seventh in their division. They are way out of the playoff race. They have got to do something. If they actually want to go for it this year, you can't wait until January or February. They've got a lot of ground to make up, and they've got to start doing it right now. Are there any good coaches available that you think could turn the team around? Well, I'm not saying this guy would necessarily be the guy, but Mike Babcock is out there. Mm. I don't know if uh, people are uh, feeling Mike Babcock right now. His uh, style and not necessarily in vogue with everybody, but uh, he is a big name that um, could possibly uh, jolt the team. He did get the uh, Maple Leafs turned around after they were struggling for a long time, obviously, didn't work out for him in Toronto, uh, but he could potentially be that culture change that might work in Vancouver. You know, the, the prices of houses has gone insane everywhere across the Taz and Jim listing area. Well, have we got a deal for you. Um, today, there is a house for sale in Scarborough, Ontario. One dollar. That is the list price of this house. One dollar. What do I need for a down payment? What's 20 20 cents? <laughs> Double 15, dimes? 15, 20 cents? Uh, absolutely stunning. Three plus three bed, two bath bungalow house with separate entrance to a finished basement granny suite. This Ooh. thing looks like it's been completely redone. Gorgeous looking kitchen upstairs. Nice kitchen downstairs. Like, wh- what is wrong with it? Something's got to be wrong. Haunted? Probably a ghost. <laughs> to list it for a dollar. One dollar. There you go. If you want to buy a house in Scarborough, um, I'd go full asking on that if I were you, though. Yeah, if you want yeah. to make sure that you get it. You're not going to lowball them? <laughs> I give you 78 cents. <laughs> well, this is obviously a tactic to get attention for the property, right? But hmm. I didn't even realize you could list a house for a dollar. We've got our, our pal Jim Smith from Sutton Select Realty here on the phone. Is this a, hey, hey Jim? Is this a common practice listing a house for a dollar? Well, I've heard a lot of uh, different ways to sell a house in this crazy market, but I haven't heard that one yet. Um, and as to to the legality of it, I mean, the real estate agent broker who's listening has done their research, but I was under the impression that Canadian Real Estate Association CREA and the Ontario Real Estate Association ARIA have both sent out mandates on this or, or had have put viewpoints on it. So I'm not so sure that it is uh, legal within the, within their um, their rules. So it's con- it's controversial to say the least. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, at the end of the day, I guess really, you can sell your house for whatever you want. If you're a house, you're the one that you you can, you you're the one that's going to list it for a dollar, and you can take. Well, obviously, I mean, they're not going to sell this house for a dollar. They're they're expecting multiple offers. Can right. you can you call the realtor on my behalf, Jim, and offer him a toonie? 
As your realtor, I have to advise against that. That's you can't. <laughs> You're crazy. So I, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that they're going to hold offers. So like it'll go on the market today for a dollar, and they will look at offers a week from today or a week from a week Friday or something like that. Because I think today might be offer out. day. Yeah, they got to have a hype out there to get people through the house. Yeah. But you can do that. You can list your house for a dollar, and then if somebody offers you a dollar, there's no obligation to you. No, if you're, you don't, you're not obligated. Yeah, if there's no other offers, you just, you just get... Bid. Right. Like you do an auction, it's right, a reserve bid. You know, like at the, uh, the, the big section of car auctions, they always have a reserve bid. So there might be a reserve bid that you don't know about. So this thing could go for $1.2 over asking price. Yeah, that would be a lot. And, you know, the neighbors are going to love it. <laughs> It would be funny if there was some sort of legal loophole that they overlooked. Something happened. Maybe the realtor doesn't get a percentage cut of the final sale or something because of listing. Like I just hope it, it backfires just for my. Yeah, what's two point five percent of one dollar, Jim, for your, for the uh, commission? <laughs> two, two and a half cents. Two and a half cents. There he goes. But if they double end it, they make a neck off. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now the winner is. Devin Peacock. I want to see you peacock. Cock, cock, your peacock. Cock. It's peacock, time for sports. Cock, Devin Peacock is here from Global News Radio. Hey, Dev. Hey, guys. Yesterday, you had some good news for Blue Jays fans saying that they're, they're ready to spend some money and perhaps going for a World Series in the next year or two. Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays are amping up to, to go for it. Uh, they signed Jose Barrios. They have to uh, re-sign uh, more guys if, if they're going to either lose Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon or bring them back. It's not going to be uh, cheap either way. Uh, so uh, they're really looking to me like they're getting ready to go for it here. And another good news nugget for Jays fans today. Yeah, Robbie Ray won the AL Cy Young Award, and he won it uh, by a wide margin. He took 29 of the 31st place votes Garrett Cole from the New York Yankees got the only other first-place vote, and he was well behind in the points race. So Robbie Ray becomes the fourth Blue Jay pitcher to win the Cy Young Award. Pat Hinkin was the first. Then Roger Clemens won two in a row for the Blue Jays in the only two years he played in Toronto. And Roy Halladay won in 2003. No one has won it for the Blue Jays since then. Until now, Robbie Ray, he's the first lefty to do it, and it comes at a great time for him because he's a free agent, and this will only add to what it's going to cost for anyone to sign him. Yeah, you don't think the Jays are going to be able to keep him now? It's possible. I think the price range for him is in the $17 million to $23 million a season range. Probably closer to 23 than 17 at this point. He made only $8 million for the Blue Jays last year. He was an absolute steal. And it's a real credit to Pete Walker, the pitching coach of the Blue Jays, because Robbie Ray in 2020 had an ERA of 6.62. He had a, a huge ERA. So he has the highest ERA from, the, from one season to the next. Uh, Cliff Lee previously won the Cy Young Award, having an ERA over six and then winning the Cy Young. But no one has had a higher ERA the previous season than Robbie Ray. So it's a real credit to him, A, for doing the job, but also B, Pete Walker for uh, helping him kind of find his uh, groove on the mound. 
But that could also be a bit of an indication of the way the Blue Jays are going to go here. If they cannot sign Robbie Ray, they may try to find the next Robbie Ray and trust that pitcher to Pete Walker and then turn their dollars somewhere else uh, to maybe optimize the amount of money they're going to spend in the offseason. Taz and Jim, I feel like today, Jim, is like a full circle day for us. Yeah. We're back in the same room together for the first time since the pandemic started to do the show. So from moving forward, we're going to be in the same studio, which is very nice. I know we were joking earlier saying that there's downsides, but uh, we're both very excited to be Mm -hmm. back in the same room together. Absolutely. And uh, going back to the start of the pandemic, what was the thing that everyone was doing? when they were stuck at home for the original two-week quarantine, remember? Yeah, oh yeah. The longest two weeks of your life. (laughs) Watching Tiger King. Of course. They're all drinking excessively and watching Tiger King. And you got season two of Tiger King now on Netflix. Dropped yesterday. Tiger Skeptical, man. Season one, how do you top it? It's a masterpiece. It truly is. If you made up the character of Joe Exotic and the rivalry with Carol Baskin, I I don't think you could make it up. That's the beauty of it. It is so out there, so crazy. Yeah, it's like it's a fact is stranger than fiction. And like the the show just gets crazier the longer the season goes on. Yeah. Every episode, you're yeah. like, what? Yeah, and then he's at one point, he's, he's in a country music video, and you're like, no. And then he's <laughs> at a funeral, and he's saying offside stuff. It's oh. just, it's crazy. We just got a number of calls, text messages from Taz and Jim listeners saying, hey, I binge-watched the show. It came out yesterday. I've watched all the episodes. <laughs> I think there's less this season than there was last season. So like Less episodes? Four episodes, mm-hmm. five episodes, maybe. Uh, but people are saying it's pretty good, and... Uh, Mark from our sister station, Fresh Radio, he posted that uh, within the first couple minutes, there's some pretty wild stuff that they have on Tiger King Season 2. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's an entrepreneur, this this Joe Exotic, right? So he's trying to figure out how to make money. And one of his uh, latest ideas is um, Joe Exotic branded um, anal bleaching. So an at-home kit for the folks. Mm. (laughs) Okay. I mean, why would you trust anything? Like, it's not, it has nothing to do with Joe Exotic. That kind of uh, uh, at-home uh, session, like, he's not a fashion guru. Like, why would you trust him with chemicals? Why would you want a Joe Exotic-branded version of that? Forget about the anus part of it. If I was going to bleach any part of my body, I would want not want Joe Exotic to be on the package of that product. <laughs> He does look like he bleaches his mustache like uh, Hulk Hogan, though, a little uh-huh. bit. Maybe that's that's where he's got the experience from. I don't know. When you use it, does it uh, bleach the whole thing, or does it leave some tiger stripes on there? <laughs> well, if you, if you want to get caught up with the gang from Tiger King, <laughs> they're on Netflix waiting for you. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.